This is First Things Foundations. Why are we talking about rabbits? Today, Father Peter hears, Father Brother Peter hears on what? First of all, thanks for coming on. This is our First Things Foundation podcast. Why are we talking about rabbits? Rabbits run down the rabbit holes and then on the internet and reproduce and create all kinds of problems. So we're like, well, let's talk about, I don't know, heavy things, but maybe lightly. So you're a heavy thing these days. <laughs> you know why I think, well, we'll get into it, but it's because you do really, really detailed and heavy work. And then you share it. But I have a first question for you. Will you do the lightometer test? You know, there's always a second time for everything. <laughs> Let's do it. Did you, you did it a while back, didn't you? It's been a long time. I think we need another one. We're going to start with heavy things lightly and some questions for you. You ready? Do it. We're going we're gonna to add stuff up. I've got a pen. Uh, I think it's a very scientific uh, experiment. I know this is a scientific but, experiment. Yeah. It was designed in a lab at MIT, and it helps to define. Is it everything in MIT? Isn't everything designed in a lab at MIT? I mean, yeah, like- everything. <laughs> <laughs> the the water I'm about to drink was designed in at MIT. Yes. Um, I do this because on our talks on Watar, we do old world, new world, and for a lot of people. Like if I were to do this in Sierra Leone, they would be like, I don't know what new world is. I don't know what you're talking about. And then a lot of people right. in our new world here in America, modernity, they don't know the context. They don't know the history. So this is a test to find out where you stand, old world, no new world. And if people are looking at you on YouTube, because some people are listening on the interwebs, but if you're actually looking at the person I'm talking to named Father Peter Hears, you already know, well, you would think his score is going to be very old world because I know you're not a Muslim because you are my brother, but I know when you go <laughs> is to that Walmart. Is that the only reason why you know? Is that the yeah. only reason you, why you know I'm not a Muslim? <laughs> <laughs> I believe you to not be a Muslim. Because, you remember that we grew up together. and Yeah, we've broken bread and windows <laughs> together. So here's – and. And cars. You broke a car once. <laughs> remember when you broke dad's car? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you were with Mark Williams and you turned too fast. Also, oh, you yeah. didn't have a driver's license. That's another story. So here's the deal. This test is going to help place you on this continuum of old world, new world. You ready? Let's do it. It's science. I want everyone who's nervous about the accuracy to... Be at peace. This is science. <laughs> when you die, you won't really be sort of all the way dead. It's more like you'll be sleeping and waiting for some sort of next life. If you strongly agree with that statement, that's a three. If you mm. agree, two. If you disagree, one. And if you strongly disagree, it's a zero. When you die, you really won't be kind of like dead all the way. It's more like you'll be asleep and waiting for oh, something yeah. like that's the three, next world. That's a three plus. Where three plus. You get a three plus? Yeah. yeah. Three plus. <clears throat> okay, great. We'll get back because when we get the number. Because I, I believe in the resurrection. Okay. Anyway. Right. It's a resurrection. When we get back to the, when we get your answer, you don't, you're not really important right now. It's just the number. That's all that matters. 
in the reign of quantity. We just want to turn you into a number. Can we just do that, please? Let's Stop being transform, human. transform Father Peter into a number. Here we go. Yes. We're going to make you a number. or If you prefer a barcode, we can do that. Question number <laughs> I'd, two. I'd, 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 I'd rather stay away from barcodes. All right. Okay. All right. Question number two. So far, so good. The best way for you to know yourself is to ask someone else about you. Or the best way for me to know myself is to ask someone else about me. Three, strongly agree. Two, agree. One, disagree. Zero, I strongly disagree with that statement. Uh, I don't remember this question. This is. A, have you changed the... Uh... The test? Uh, I would never, say it, it's science. I don't just. It's science. <laughs> I guess two. I don't remember this question. Okay, two. two. You agree I'm, that I'm generally the best way I don't, for me to know myself question. is I to like ask. I'm getting, I feel like getting tri I'm tricked. This is a trick question, but I don't know. Don't fear. Don't fear. You wrote a book about that. <laughs> okay, true. you ready? Question <laughs> number three. I like that. The best way. We can talk about it if you want, but. I, again, I don't just want to get your number and move on. So I'm kidding. But question three, when, when you carry a picture of someone, it's someone you love. Let's, let's say it's carry it's in your wallet or I don't know, it's on your dashboard of your car. When you carry a picture, a representation of someone you love in your purse or your wallet, you're actually closer to that person. It's like that person's kind of around. They're mm -hmm. close to you. Three. Strongly agree. Zero. Strongly disagree. That's probably a two. Two. Everyone's listening. I mean, going, oh my yeah. god! I mean, what I, does we that can mean? See, there needs to be like a, a a line underneath, like explain yourself. But uh, well, maybe we can do it at the end. This is the best part. Is in science we don't do nuance. Figure <laughs> it out. Give the number. Jeez. You're that guy in the one. SAT test is like, well, there are three options that are unspoken here. And that's your problem. That's no probably nuance. why you didn't Sorry. score well. Sorry, forgive me. I'm not a modern. I'm not a modern man. This is part of being not a modern man. I want nuance, but it's not allowed. Well, I don't know. We're gonna see. When I give you your number and tattoo it on you, then you'll have it, and you'll have it forever. And you'll know. <laughs> Question four, Father Peter. Father Peter. Respect isn't earned. Respect is owed by you to others. Mm. Yes. Three. Three. Oh, okay. Yeah. And number five. After this, we'll have clarity on your being. Your very being will have been clarified. Number five. Here it is. I, I hope. Well. Okay, there's two ways to ask this question. I hope and expect to take my parents in and have them live with me when they're old and infirmed. Our parents are have reposed. So another way to ask, I fully expect to live near my kids, even preferably in their home when I get old and infirmed. infirmed. That's a three. That's a three. Three. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to add up your numbers. That's nine plus two is 11. I have your number. You have scored a 13 on the Lidometer. You're the villager. Yes. There's a good chance that you hate malls. 
places like Algeria, Ethiopia, Greece, not New World Greece, Old World Greece. They roll the Byzantine Empire rolls out the red carpet for you. Your Spotify collection includes chants. Mm, that's all it includes. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I told you it's science. And you wish there was more hierarchy in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you are the villager. Father Peter has been properly placed in the world. It's true. In fact, you f- for the longest time, I was podcasting from a Greek mountain village. So this is actually, this is science, folks. This is it. We've- so don't run it down. The guys at MIT that I work with, they put this together and here we are. I like if that you said MIT, I would doubt this. But since you said MIT, I believe this <laughs> By the way. Through all of that, I wore my brewer hat. Can I take it off now? Can I just be a regular? <laughs> I wanted to honor I, mom. I'm old, I'm old world, man. So you, like you could have taken it off a couple minutes ago. So. I know you said I look like a clown, <laughs> but I put it on to honor mom in Watertown. Yes. Watertown. We, we had two stints in, in in Wisconsin, which is really quite quite amazing. Two Who, stints. me? We had, yeah, we oh, our family. family. We were Delavan and, and then Watertown was, of course, the, uh, you know. I just want to say this, and people in Wisconsin, I'm sorry. I don't feel like I'm from Wisconsin, though. I feel like I'm from New York. Mm. That's maybe something about us. Do you feel like you're from anywhere? Let's be honest. Um, I do, actually. When people ask me, like, what kind of Orthodox? Are you Greek Orthodox? Are you Russian Orthodox? I say I'm Athenite Orthodox. That's That's So that's my... That's my adopted home is is Halkidiki of modern northern Greece. But I that's see. that's just because I want it to be that. It's not because I'm actually I don't I think the, the locals there would say, nah, you're not, but uh it's kind of I kind of want to be. So like I'm a wannabe Halkidiki, Mount Athos, you know. <clears throat> it's a longing, trampoline. yeah, which is a beautiful longing. I weirdly well, you, have that you've been there. You've been there. You and I, I on my you came for my wedding. You came for my wedding with Presbyteria was 23 years ago. Remember I know. That? I sent representatives back in my place, like Daniel, who got baptized. You got yeah. him into Mount Athos in a way where he got baptized. Daniel works for First Things. He got well, baptized. And did you know that when they baptized him, wait, why am I asking you? You're like all things Athenite. But can I tell you what happened to him? He got baptized, and then he's just some joker working in America. He's my dear friend. They baptized him, and then for two days, all the monks would venerate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Not true. the cross. They would come up and kiss him. <clears throat> yeah. Took his blessing because he had the, he had the you know, the, the he was, grace of the mystery. Uh, isn't that awesome? Yep. I was there. That really fundamentally changed how he understood. We, we probably should say something. he was baptized. That's how he was received in the church. He was catechized in Africa, wasn't he? Yeah, so, right, you got it. He was catechized in Africa with Father Themi, and somehow... Bishop Themi, now. Bishop, Bishop, Bishop Themi, correct. Yeah, and he was, Sierra Leone. Yeah, and and I know Africa did that to him, too. It did it to me, too, in its own spiritual way. But, yeah, the teachings and, of course, his, his reception was all coming through mm-hmm. Bishop Themi and then Athos. By the way, we're going... We got to go back to Athos, John. I mean, you haven't been there in 23 years, right? You all, you always fly over Athos, but, but you don't actually like stop on the way to Georgia. Terrible. It's terrible because I go to Georgia. I'm going tomorrow. Did you know that? You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, I remember that. It's I, terrible. I, I need to go along with, on one of these trips. I went to Georgia. 
too. I love that place. It's wonderful. Can I tell a quick story about you? Yeah. Before you were going to Georgia, which I thought was the coolest thing ever because I've been adopted by that place, you were asking me questions. You don't remember this. It was like 216 no. or whatever, 217. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you're kind of like a total Athenite nerd and everything, and I, I trust you to teach me. But on this case, I was your teacher, and you're like, well, what? just tell me, how's it going to go? And I said, you're going to recognize it. it's really old school, traditional, and you'll love the. And then when you drink, just make sure that you're paying attention and say the toast and do say Gagi Marjos. And, and you're like, no, no, I'm going with a bunch of monks and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know, you're, but you're <laughs> going to do toast and they're going to drink wine. And you're like, no, you don't. You're just such a pagan, dude. You don't understand. We're traveling with like bishops. That's. I was like, yeah, okay. Trust me, <laughs> you're going to do toast. You're like. It's we're not doing that. <laughs> you, you, you don't even me. know how, you don't know how, how much wine was served up <laughs> at the monasteries I went to I, I by the bishop. By the bishop, I told you. You're, I, I you're was like, like, okay, this is like the third glass. I don't know if I can do it. It's like, what, can we stop I now? I told you, and they I love, kept saying, "Do you remember they had when a you winery? Said <laughs> the monastery had a winery. It was like endless. We walked into this room. It was like a wine tasting." <laughs> like like nobody they don't like new york city doesn't have anything better than this wine tasting no. uh monastic uh room that i went to it was I amazing i told you man and you were do you remember you were like whatever this guy's such all he thinks about <laughs> is wine i'm like okay and you called me you were like these guys are toasting like, <laughs> yeah i actually knew something you didn't know it was great well, we went from one we went from one place we were at the monastery of this bishop and then, like a couple of days later, we were again with the same bishop at another monastery. We were just up the road from the patriarch's house, right? So we were the patriarch had as, as a special guest at his house up in the mountains. Mm. But there's a right next to that village is this famous, famous monastery. And so the same bishop that had been had welcomed him to his monastery is now there. And again, he rolls out all the wine. It's like he's not. It's not even his monastery, right? He said <laughs> he told all the monks, "Come on." We got it's like you have to drink yeah. wine. It's the otherwise you're being impolite. Yeah. You're not being um, hospitable. It's really, really true. And it it <clears throat> if you fight it, it's a bit of an offense. We some yeah. of our field workers fought against it because it's it's often too much. It's really well, yeah, you're just not used to it. You're not yeah. used to it. Yeah. Yeah. It but the beautiful. goal is not I to get drink. drunk. It's no, honor. no, no, no. It's no, honor. No. no. And yeah. of course, their level, their 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 levels. <laughs> exactly of, exactly way higher than than somebody like so but yeah no it was really uh beautiful i love good it. good love good it. we're on the same but i'm yeah you got adopted by greece and it's fed you and i got adopted by this other country that fed me so so we're so definitely here. wisconsin is not our identity although we did i did appreciate my time in wisconsin i i, I was there twice actually uh for my childhood right for up to like page what 10 years old we left or at nine and then yep. I came back for college. Yeah, you went back Wisconsin. for college, that's right. So I, I owe a lot to Wisconsin, even though I can't say that it totally, you know, was hugely important in my formation, but thank God. Maybe um, it was in a way. Maybe it was, it's the University of Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin Madison is like the Berkeley of the Midwest. So I kind of negatively was, in, you know, I was negatively formed there by, re, by reacting to the uh, extreme right. leftist uh, wokeism that was already there. Like in 1991, sure. when I was in the university, <clears throat> it was all there. You you protested a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. Can yeah. I talk about that? Look at your face is like, oh boy, I don't know. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, I can talk about it. Sure. 
my, I my kids spent a little time in the pokey. Didn't you spend a little time? I would tell my kids the first time your father went to jail. They'd be like, Oh my god, what your kids? My kids were always my wife was was like, Don't don't say that. They don't know what you mean. I said, you gotta say I'll explain it. I'll explain. I just gotta like, were you cuffed? Did you get cuffed? Because didn't you didn't you like sit down and we were we were I was a part of of the so-called operation rescue, you know, which would have been like the I don't know, what would it be today? It was it was the it was the avant garde of the pro life movement. You know, we were mm-hmm. doing we were going to uh, going to sit in front of abortion clinics, saving saving babies' lives from imminent death, and we had actually a number of women that we helped not kill their unborn babies and bring the term. And we had you know we worked with <clears throat> the uh, um, pregnancy you know centers that help people not to uh, to do that and, and support them. But anyway. That's what I was doing. I was doing on college campuses and I was I actually organized something called Call, Collegians Activated to Liberate Life. Call That's we right. went all around Didn't the Midwest. You start that? Yeah, I started that. Yeah. Yeah. You like and, starting. And then we had a team of we had a team of five people that quit college for a year. We lived all together in a in a house and we we, we organized uh conferences and you know sit-ins in front of abortion clinics. And uh, had speakers come in. It was really quite a quite an awesome year, I have to say. But then I, I actually didn't go back to college after that because you were in jail. <clears throat> I remember Mom What's called it? me. She's like, "He's in jail. He has an orange jumper." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an amazing experience for me. Like I was put in this high security prison for a day because I was just you know it's just a it's just it's just a. Uh, Seventy dollars like straight. Fine. You're trying to. It's a seventy dollar fine. I mean, but then they started upping the ante because they they wanted to stop all the protests in front of abortion clinics. This is when there was the height of this was the height of like pro life activism. I think right. it, that, from that point on, it just kept going, you know, dying down. But yeah. So, but it was an amazing experience to be for a day in that environment. It taught me a lot. I was in I was in I was in a jail in Wisconsin, Madison or Milwaukee. Oh, it was Milwaukee. Never, I was, yeah, we sat in front of abortion clinic in Milwaukee. This is 1991. 91? How old are you? Lord, that's a long time ago. Yeah, this was before I was Orthodox. So, um, but I'll never forget this experience. I was in this common jail cell waiting, whatever they do. They send people to different places. And we had heard in the morning on the way to the abortion clinic that there was a, there was a um, shooting where three people were killed. It was a gang violence gang violence and uh we heard about this and then the guy was caught and brought into our jail cell and he was bragging about killing these these other gang wait, was, wait was it a um general lockup like everyone's in the same yeah, it's room? just a, it's a room that everybody goes and the, before they get sent to wherever they're going i guess i don't i don't need to know were you I guys cuffed up did they cuff you inside no that? no 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 so you guys but could have had a hug out. Did you guys hug is, it I'm out? I'm a 19 year old, like impressionable kid from you know an impre- a, a nice family, right? So I'm, oh, you, I'm in this. Yeah, you would have been called soft. Yeah, you uh, were, slightly. I'm I'm underneath one of these tables because everybody it's so packed in there. You got to just find some place to sit down on the ground. So you went under. And I'm a underneath table? a table, and I'm listening to the guy brag about killing other people, and, and it's seared into my memory the you know the inhumanity of it all. And it was just, uh, it was a, it was amazing experience for a 19 year old. Really. That is wow. the life and death nature of things, right? How, how, how truth and false, all of that was just seared into my, my brain, my consciousness of. Wow. 
it's how did the like under the table part go did, did people say like who's the kid who's the soft kid under the table well there were a lot of people in the room they didn't take any notice of me thank god yeah interesting yeah mom was not anyway. too happy about that and then weren't you like a we'll just she leave came it to this. one of our she came to our notre dame we had a big notre dame week-long thing in notre dame we sat in at the president's we sat in at the president's office demanding Notre Dame do something about the abortion clinic on the, on the edge of their campus. Cause every, all these Roman Catholics, of course I was then at the time going with, I was with Roman Catholics. I was thinking about becoming Roman Catholic at the time. Yes. You I were. didn't even know about orthodoxy. So <clears throat> this, uh, I remember mom was really scared when she came to this because there were these Jesuits from the Legion of Christ, Legion legions of Christ, whatever it's called in Boston. They, they came to recruit and she was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to try to recruit oh my son. Boy. And they oh did, boy. actually, try to recruit me. Well, why not? You're trying she to recruit was people like, on she was like, Orthodox well, ethos is recruiting people. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not in that way. This was a little like, you know, these guys walk in, they're like SS agents or something. I mean, the, the way they're dressed, they come in, they're super intimidating. I, you know, they're not they're not like, hey, how you doing? They're, it's more like. Uh, but they don't and, say, do you accept Jesus into your heart? Like, they're taking you all the way to some chrismation stuff, right? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. You become, you know, part of their brotherhood or whatever, and they, you serve Christ in that way. Why but didn't you do that? Legionaries, the legionaries of Christ. That's what it was called. Why didn't you do it? You think? How come you? Did, how come you not? I just Catholic didn't. Today? The whole ethos. I don't think I would have used the word back then, but the whole ethos was just so off-putting. I said, "Oh gosh, no, I'm not interested in that." And mom didn't realize. She, she thought I would get sucked into. I was like, "No, not, there's no chance. No, there's no way I'm going." To do that, no. You know where I was? I was in Africa drinking palm wine with Muslims. I think you were in 1991. Mali, yeah. You want to know something else? Is I wrote a letter home about that same time, handwritten letter that takes like two and a half months. And I mentioned in my letter that I was going to watch the Super Bowl with the Marines. Ah, I remember that. The because Peace Corps often would hang out with them. They had a nice house, big TV screen. We were living in mud huts. And the letter finally got home. And then two months later, or like five months later, I got a letter back from her. And it was a screed of like, I know that you're there. And I know that you're alone. And there's so many people that want to teach you. But whatever you do, do not join with the Moonies. And I was like, join with the Moonies? <laughs> what? And because the letter was like from five months ago, I was like, why does she think I'm joining the Moonies? <laughs> So if people don't know who the Moonies are, I, I, it's like a Korean Christian sect or something. I don't know what it is. And so for like a month, I'm like, why in the world does she think I'm joining the Moonies? Because my handwriting was bad. And so she, when I said I'm going to see the Super Bowl with the Marines, she thought it was like the Moonies trying to like suck me in. Well, it's also possible that she just read it that way because that's because that fact. was our mother <laughs> yeah so that's a question but, actually how do you how do you square the idea that here you are orthodox priest and this is really a question for all orthodox priests who <clears throat> truly believe as i do that the church is the ark of salvation we can go on and on you believe but a heretic raised you <laughs> i love it you were raised by like two, and they were like hardcore heretics. No offense to Episcopalians. I'm just using the word for comic effect. I, maybe they're not heretics. That's kind of the question. You had these heretics teaching you over and over again, all these ideas about the church and and still look at you. How do you square that? These Episcopalians, these Episcopagans. 
They raised you. <laughs> Biscuit pagans. I've never heard that. Is. Uh, nowadays, you might that might stick actually. But uh, so I think that the 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 what the Lord said about the truth is what is the key to this whole thing. So the Lord said, uh, "Know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So the love of the truth is what inspires um, people to sacrifice and to to live, you know, for the for the other world. And I think my parent, our parents had that, and I think that's what led them to orthodoxy ultimately. Mm. So, of course, the Holy Spirit is working throughout all creation and is working among everyone to bring them to Christ. So, it's not that they don't have they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have it internally. They didn't have it through the mysteries. They weren't initiated into the body, but they were they were being guided in so much as they love the truth and they love the the Holy Spirit, which is the truth, right? The truth, the Spirit of Truth. They were being guided by God Himself toward the light, and so that's why eventually they they were able to, <clears throat> you know, sacrifice because it was a big sacrifice to become Orthodox, yeah. right? There were a lot of. I remember the bishop at the time when they became Orthodox. This is 1992. The whole parish became Orthodox, about 150 people. And the bishop was saying at the time that this is a backwater religion and these people are, mm -hmm. you know, leaving behind the uh, forethinking, you know, Episcopal Church. Blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of people who were against them and pressuring them. So you don't do that without having been solidified in the love of the truth. Right? You don't sacrifice all that. So I think that's that's the key for everyone who comes to the church, ultimately, it's that they they cannot rest until they find rest in the truth, the mm -hmm. whole truth, who is Christ. So it's like a it's like a motorboat, and the harsh the motor is sort of this desire for for fullness, and then it kind of leads you yeah. to the ark and the ark. Yeah, and they taught us. Mother at least taught us. I think father father taught us too as well, Father Gregory. But mother was the one who's talking to us all the time. They taught us to search and love the truth even on the ideological 100 yeah. even even like playing monopoly or sitting at the dinner table and just wanting to know if the 49ers were going to win like that <laughs> i mean or like i'm going to be a jet fan and that wasn't the truth like yes yes it was everything now some some might say that's her greek roots that you know brought her back but i, I think, think so. it's also i think it might part of that that's a mystical conversation. Maybe we can have it. Um, there is something in that, right? The genes aren't neutral. There's something about them. I think yeah. they do have some meaning. I don't know what it is, but very Well, the, the scriptures say that these the virtues and the sins of the fathers are visited to the fourth generation. Wow. If that's not a testimony to the impact of the love or lack of love of truth to the People who come after you, I don't know what it is. It's right there in scripture. So plays and, a role. And when you apply that in a really simple way and just think about your own life, it's fundamentally true. I, I see it with my girls. I see it. Yeah, man. And that really it's not just nurture. It's not just uh, uh, nurture. It's nature. They're both yeah. both and. Yeah. It's yeah. always both and. So people want to know. I want to know too. How? How's it going with your ecclesiological standing these days? How would you summarize where you are right now? I think you want to say ecclesiastical. Yeah, what did I say? Ecclesiological? Yeah, that would point to like my teaching of, on the church or something. Okay. How about your ecclesiastical standing? Why do I come yeah. off as the, the dummy? That is the really true. I am like a dork. You're the that. older brother. You you always have the upper hand, man. Don't worry about it. Don't have a complex. You're you're doing well. 
<laughs> that's totally what I got. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, look, with your you know ecclesiologically, ecclesiological, ecclesiological, how are you doing ecclesiastically? <laughs> Where are you on May? Well, not, not much has changed. I mean, even though they, the assembly bishops put out a statement that doesn't really change anything. It's just a restatement of what church abroad said five months ago. And, and, and as I've said, I think repeatedly and everybody who knows the situation says the same thing. This is a decision of the bishops, by the bishops, for the bishops, and they have to be, they have to solve it. Like it's not a priest decision. And I've done everything I can as a priest to try to solve it. But it was a decision, you know, initially, if you want to go back to the, uh, <clears throat> all the documentation that's been put out by uh, uh, Patrick Craig Trulia on his Orthodox Christian Theology uh, website, mm -hmm. which he went to, you know, he went to the source there in Jordanville and got all the documentation and i'm i have you know i'm privy to all the documentation as well so i can confirm that that's he's quite accurate in his analysis and that is uh it's all right there that this was a decision by the church of broad of bishops and i'm waiting for this to be solved by bishops i'm not going to get into the details because it's very complicated sure, but sure. that's the basic reality and and uh we have to be patient but you know, there's no, the, the Assembly of Bishops referred to me as archpriest and the church abroad as archpriest. And of course, nobody doubts that I'm a priest in good standing in the sense of I have, a, I'm, my priesthood is inviolate. I've never been even disciplined, let alone suspended at a frock. So the question is simply how quickly we can resolve the the paperwork between the various bishops Being that received. Uh, are involved. Tell, tell me if I'm right as no, I subscribe to OE and I am, I love you, air quotes, as a person in my life on the internet, but I love you as my brother. So from somebody who's not really watching everything, it's like, is he got a bishop or not? Is he in or out? And as I understand it, you have bishops, you probably have too many bishops and they're trying to figure out who gets you. And uh, it feels like you were heading toward Rocor. You paperwork demonstrates that and then no it stopped and so we're waiting for some answers about which bishop's going to take you yeah, it's unclear right? exactly why i mean we can speculate why they decided that my reception in the row core was unacceptable at some point i was received in january of 21 and you know by the metropolitan signed to the dice the uh, monastery of holy trinity and until september the there was no mention of any issues. And then September, all of a sudden, you know, there's this document, oh, you know, he's not to be received. And yeah, yeah. the response was, well, he's already received what you're talking about. So anyway, the, the whole history starts. But we've been trying to solve it with, within Rocor for over a year and now with another <clears throat> another uh, bishop. And there's things that are totally out of my control. I can't do anything about them. So I just have to be patient and wait. And, and I can say one last thing before I ask you this next question. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched you struggle with this. I watched you withhold lots of information because you don't want to make things worse. And ironically, sometimes things get worse even when you don't talk about it. It's it's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I really felt your your struggle during all this. But of course, you still like to talk about truth. And so OE does its thing. And... Um, I, I think most people are thankful. I think 
walk into the back of any church and there's some bearded young dude standing there who knows about you, knows about Pajot, he knows about Father Josiah. They're there for lots of good reasons. And for me, I'm just going to say it like this, and this is not you talking, and I did not tell you I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it. If somebody's walking into a place that you consider, I consider beautiful and filled with lots of joy and potential gifts that go for eternity, and they're walking in there because they want to be there, that's like 90% of the conversation. <laughs> you can do the 10%. I'll fight you about stuff. I'll even fight you about stuff. They come in with certain preconceptions. This isn't right. That's not right. Baptism. We can talk about all that. Those dudes are standing there. And I got no problems with that. Like, yeah, I think to me, we should I don't give thanks. Yeah, yeah, let's give thanks. And if we got problems, we can discuss it. I one of the things that's really sad to me, and this has been going on for years, but it's just this 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 particular discussion just accentuates it is that there's very little serious face-to-face brotherly dialogue uh and i would i've always welcomed it i welcome it today i mean people got issues whatever let's talk about it but i think we're all orthodox we're all working toward the same end and there's not a there needs to be this is the beauty of the orthodox church we're not papal protestants we're not reformed protestants we don't have uh, you know, whatever I say goes or whatever the Pope or the patriarch says goes, there's neither of those in the Orthodox church. The body of the, of the, of the body of Christ is, you know, discusses and debates and then comes to a conclusion. It's not just one portion of the church that's involved in this. It's the whole body together. We bear one of those burdens and we, you know, fulfill the law of Christ. So, you know, the fact that people are becoming Orthodox, coming back to the church, we've got, I don't know if you saw this, we put, we've been posting, or I haven't, the team has been posting it because the team is, you know, Orthodox ethos is not just Father Peter, it's a right, big right. team. We've got yeah. a bunch of people full-time now, we've got a lot of people part-time, we've got a lot of volunteers in the dozens. So I'm not, it's not, whatever comes out of Orthodox ethos, most of it's not done by me anymore. It's done by a team and they, and they don't always consult me what they're putting online. So um, which is fine because I we, we have a great relationship. But my point is that they put online just a couple of days ago <clears throat> about 150 letters and testimonies that people set in because people wanted to say what Orthodox ethos has meant to them. If you read those, you see that we had there were people who were basically ready to leave the church who didn't. There were people who, who were who were far from the church who came back. There were people who were never Orthodox who found Orthodoxy through Orthodox ethos. Mm-hmm. And generally, generally, 98% of the people writing in are saying, you know, OE brought me and kept me in the church, which means in parishes around the world. It's not in the OE is just serving the church and serving the parishes and serving the priests. So there's there's this I want to push back against this narrative or this 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 line of thinking that we're divisive and we're taking people away from mm-hmm. parishes. I think that the witness of these 150 people, which are just a small portion actually shows the opposite that we've been working tirelessly to up, up build the church. Yeah. And, and of course there's going to be disagreements and there's going to be problems. I mean, COVID was very divisive. The whole thing was very divisive. It wasn't any particular person dividing anyone. It was the nature of the whole, yeah. you know, three years. It was very divisive uh, because there were radical things happening and differences of opinion, but so yeah, I think that uh, it's that's that's a beautiful thing. There's a, a lot of people who are interested in Orthodox right now, 
the fact that we're up to 45,000 subscribers on YouTube, I just, it blows my mind. I never thought we'd get anywhere near it like that number. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think about the numbers, but when I think about it now, I'm like 45,000. We started three years ago with 4,000 or something. So this people, it's people that are searching. It's not that we're, you know, marketing strategy. We don't, we just post stuff. People are searching. People want to become Orthodox. But do this for me. Cause look, like I know you, man, we played stickball together in those tennis courts <clears throat> and we wouldn't let you play us older guys. And then you would, it's not like you went, okay, guys, I really respect that. You had a few words, you had a few arguments. You were, you'd be like, this is garbage. I'm the, so I know you. So okay. let's just go back to those same guys that come in. You were mean. You were mean. And I, I was told mean. Mom, oh, I was very arrogant toward you. I have arrogance. Out with you. I was the little brother. I remember all that. It's been, it's very. Problematic. Can I say I battle arrogance? <laughs> Probably some lust. And I think you're the impatience guy, which was dad, right? Dad was impatient. <laughs> Let's just be honest. If we're battling something, I think we all are by definition as in our faith. You got a little impatience. I think so. But I got it too. So here's my question. Here come the the men and women, but mostly men. Here they come. I can picture them, dude. I travel a lot. I was just in Minneapolis. You, When I sat down, what do you think happened? It was cool. Like, oh, Father Peter, oh, I know your podcast too. And generally men, generally under 40, generally talking about cool stuff like St. Maximus. And then mentioning your name or mentioning Father Josiah, Jonathan Paggio. So hold on though. But like if everyone in the room there at that parish in Minneapolis, or if everyone when I was in Los Angeles, if everyone in the room say had a microphone, those four guys I was talking to, their microphone is really loud. Like they just have a louder presence in that, you know, 200 person parish. I'm just telling you. And sometimes they're not right, you know, and loud. And it puts a lot of pressure on the priests. They might get 10 things right, eight things right. And then the two things that are really kind of like, dude, calm down. They're still loud in the parish. What would you say to, I've had priests tell me, come on, man, tell them to, just tone it down a lot, a little bit. What would you say to all that? Well, I think that I just got off the phone with somebody like an hour ago. We had the same discussion. <clears throat> and that is the work of OE now is reaching a point where there's just a lot online. Like it wasn't this case two years ago. We have seven lecture series. You've got hundreds and hundreds of excerpts. We've got all these reels now, like in the hundreds. There's just a ton of material online. So if you're going to really understand and the impact of OE and you're going to have to spend some time and you're going to see that if you do spend time, you're going to see that these kind of things are addressed all the time in our question and answer session and excerpts of that are put online. If you're in the actual community of OE, we have a question and answer session every Thursday. And a lot of times I'm telling people like you're describing to me how to follow the saints and uh, and in humility and in and and pre and and patience to live out the your salvation in the midst of all these you know challenges or all these differences and whatever and i'm tr i'm keeping them from the temptation on the right i've got all kinds of material online which says don't go to the temptation on the right which is the the rigorism and the zealotry not according to knowledge which doesn't necessarily apply just to the question of ecclesiology but to the method 
like how mm-hmm. we interact with priests, how we interact with bishops, how how we acquire the orthodox ethos. I mean, we named the thing orthodox ethos precisely because the problem today is not just dogmatic. It's really a question of acquiring the way of Christ. Mm-hmm. So what you're addressing there is how do these young men who come in headstrong ideologically, like they're identifying with orthodoxy, they're embracing orthodoxy. That's great. But that's, 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 as I, as I say to the, to the group, I say, look, the dogma and all these things are like the fence around the house. You don't spend all your day hanging around at the fence. You live in the house and in the house, you've got to go deep and live in personal relationships. The whole point of the rest of it is to keep you in the mandra, the, uh, the, the sheepfold, right? You don't go hang out and the, the boundaries don't serve any purpose if that's all you live for, if that's what you think orthodox is. In other words, to become orthodox is not to just a- adopt the creed. It's not to just confess the faith. That's the purpose of that is to then bring you into a relationship with Jesus Christ and you and you grow in trust and humility and all the virtues. And if you don't make progress in that, it's kind of stillborn. Stillborn. Right, it's like, right. what? Why did you become orthodox? Clanging symbol. Yeah. So I think that the, there's a lot of attempts to answer this for the for them, but the what the nature of things online is that is controversy. People, people, there's a lot of people who just want controversy. They want to debate or they want to point out if they don't like what we're doing, they want to point out like our weak spots or the points that they don't agree with. And so usually what people who aren't following the work, usually what they get is those kind of things, which are, are divisive. Right. Yeah. But it's not, you can't really uh, do justice to the whole thing. If you don't look at the whole picture and I, I just nervous? Would say, look at the whole picture. As a as a Greek, let's just put it this way: you really adopted Greek. Greek, your kids speak Greek, and and I love it. I, I, I when I'm in your home, it feels Greek to me. No offense, to well, why would there uh, be an offense? Not, I'm no, no offense taken. I'm I'm yeah. happy about that. It's Greek. Um, yeah. Do you ever get nervous? You don't know America, because you ever get nervous? Your circle is those same people who tend to reinforce the same ideas. Well, because if you're really touching all those people, dude, and, and you are, I know non-Orthodox people that know a lot about what you're doing. And that's probably the majority of your listeners. You know what? I just, let, me just, let me just say this because I was blown away. We did a survey of our YouTube crowd, right? 45,000 people. Of course, not everybody answered, like three or 4,000 answered, but you get a sense of what, and 65% of them were non-Orthodox. I was blown away. I was like, I expected it to be like 30% non-Orthodox. So 65% of the Do you get who they are? Do you wonder, do you understand who, who these you know, people are? Judging or, from the conversations I had, which are, you know, that I end up having with people or uh, exchanges, a variety of people. It's not like one group that's, that's predominant. I think there's, I've, we have people who are agnostics who are becoming Orthodox. We have people who are Roman Catholics. A lot of Roman Catholics now are turning into Orthodoxy. It's a, it's a wide variety of people with all, with all kinds do they, of different Do issues. they feel like. Country, are the country people, country people that are generally hanging around? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Socioeconomically, are they rich? Are they poor? I'm not saying. I would I, say if you don't know, you don't know. But do do you? I know? would say the vast majority of them are middle class, uh, who've been through a lot, like they're mm. war torn people. But and that's they to get the orthodoxy, they had to go through a lot, so they're carrying a lot of baggage. We all are though. We all are. And one they're coming to Orthodox because they want to be healed. That's the majority of them. One of my favorite to- <laughs> OE moments. 
Can we, could I? Yeah. Can I just ask you, can you give me a blessing to do pilots or Pilates? Am I allowed to do Pilates? <laughs> yeah. Also, Jack LaLanne is a favorite guy. I like to follow an exercise. Is that allowed? Is that too close to yoga? That's all I want to know. <laughs> These are the questions you get. Because we did one on yoga. So everybody said, well, is Pilates. I don't even know how you say it. Do no, because you kept calling it pilots, and they're like, um, I think it's not pilots. You're like, I don't know what pilots is. <laughs> Pil- I don't know what that is. That's how much I'm, I'm clueless. I don't know anyone. So Guys, I said, if you well, didn't see this I'll, thing, he's doing answer question and answer. It's very interesting on yoga, but then a lot of people started asking a lot of questions about, well, if I can't do yoga, can I do stretching? And at one point, you just went, I don't know. Just, just walk around the block, sweat a little bit. <laughs> I started. You know, I was on the floor. I was rolling. <laughs> First of all, you didn't know half the things. I tell I people, saying. look, I I tell people all the time in the question and answer session. I say, look, I'm not the orthodox answer man. Man, I don't know the answers to everything. And people always come with all kinds of answers. I'm like, I'm not that person. I, I it know got a, it got dicey <laughs> when someone asks you if they if they can do <laughs> CrossFit, and you're like, I don't know what that is. And I was laughing so hard. I was like, CrossFit. It's a what thing. It? It's a type of exercise. It's not yoga. I wanted the questions to go on for another half hour. Guys, go back and check <laughs> it out. It's awesome. It's like, well, what about if I run fast and breathe in a certain way? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, look, it's Father Peter Trainer here. He's. <laughs> It was awesome because I know you, and uh, my guess is you weren't you know, out doing. You know that I don't do any training whatsoever. Exactly. I'm literally, I'm literally like stationary. Father Peter 90, breathes 90 heavy hears. Father Peter breathes <laughs> heavily hears. All right, here's a question. All right, what about your wife? What about Presbytera? How's she dealing with all this? You don't have to go on and on because I know you're private. But does like does she know that? Uh, by the way, I got allergies really bad, so that's why I'm doing this all the time. Forgive me. Um, or you're just crying? Yeah, I'm just weeping because it's no. I actually, I'm partly weeping because you make me laugh, and that's, that's <laughs> I weep. By the way, is but, joking um, okay with you? Are you a joker? You don't really uh, like joking. Yes, you can tell I'm laughing my head off here. With you're you're the you're basically my comic relief moment. I need to speak to you at least <laughs> once a week because <laughs> if I don't, life is boring. But uh, you, you yeah. know my number. Yeah, <laughs> I could use more of you in my life. The guys in my go. team are like, we need, we need each other, and that's a beautiful thing, you know. Because there was time when we didn't like each other, like back thirty years ago. That's but now fact. we, it's wonderful. That's yeah. a fact. You got punched anyway, in the face by one of my college friends. That happened. What happened? You got punched in the face by one of my college I did, friends. I did. I was a little brat, wasn't I? I don't well, even remember you, why. dude. You're just like bringing it. You're bringing it. And he was like, "Well, I think I'm just going to punch this little kid in the face." <laughs> And he did. <laughs> Why was I even there? I was, this was at this was at your college in Wisconsin, right? No, it you. was no, it was you were coming down to. I was living in Arizona before I went to oh. Africa, and you oh, were coming right. to enjoy the sun, and so was my buddy, and you Too were sun. making the sun less enjoyable for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was annoying. Well, I'm sure it was. Well, he's was annoying like, too. Like, but man, I was like what 15 or something at that. Point? Yeah, you're 16. probably 16. Yeah. But that dude. And I love him. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's cantankerous. So it was a battle. It was like a Godzilla Mothra battle. It was great. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, popular Pres- reference. Presbyter- I saw your face like, I don't know what that is. But no, I don't know what that is. How's Godzilla, your wife? But the other one How's Presbytera? Is she handling all of this? 
you know, is she's the uh, she's the rock of the family. She's the she's the one, and she and everything she in uh, this whole thing that's going on for the last two, you know year and a half. She's takes refuge at the monastery at the tomb of Elder Ephraim, and she believes that you know through his intercessions everything's going to come come out okay because and I think she would I think she would want me to say this actually. It was the elder Femme who said we're going to come to America. He's the one who told us to come to America when we were in Greece. <clears throat> and he he said in 2000 and whatever it was, eight, he said, you're going to come and, you know, by with something like by the will of God, everything will be arranged for you here in in God's in God's time. And over time, we've realized that these words were not chosen. None of, none of the elders words were chosen like he just talked. Everything had meaning. Everything he said had meaning. And I've been told that by many, many people and elders and abbots have said every word he chose had a meaning and oftentimes prophetic. And so we see those words coming about because, it's, you know, the will of God here is clearly it's in his hands. I mean, we can't. It's not our will. Like, I never wanted to leave Rokor. It wasn't my will. That was My will was cut. And it's been cut for the last year and a half. Mm. So it's truly in his hands. And so the elder, have, you know, since he, since he invited us and told us to come, and he has been protecting us both in this, you know, till his repose and, and to this day, we don't we don't really worry that much. I mean, sure, we have that human, like, what's going to happen? How are we going to do this? We're trying to basically not get in the way. That's the main thing we try to do is not get in the way, make sure we're not doing something that's going to cause scandal or cause problems or whatever. And, but basically we're just, it's God, it's God, it's God's will. He's, he's going to have to take she's care good. of all this. And so she understands and she's it fine. that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes her, you know, makes everything fine because she goes and she, she, up, you know, un, unloads her, her prayers to the, to the, the tomb of the elder. And, uh, and then we're good to, mm -hmm. you know, Good. And the kids, do you think of your kids as Greek Americans or Americans who were raised in Greece? Well, who, your kids are wacky. I mean, look, I love them, but they're kind of really between worlds. Cause even when they came to America, it's not like they, they lived in like the near the mall of America and hung out and, you know, went to movies like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they are, they are, they are in a, they are in between two worlds in a big way. And because, because in Greece, they had a very, I don't know how to say it. I mean, very immersed uh, experience of orthodoxy. Like we were, you know, constantly around serious people, like serious monks, serious uh, professors. Mm -hmm. And this, they, they grew up in this serious, <laughs> heavy, not very light, heavy atmosphere. And so they, you they had a lot of high scores, a lot of guys hanging around with really high scores on the light meter, yeah, like 15s. I, I mean, we would have events at our house with, like four professors from the university and two abbots from Mount Athos, you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, Paniotis is like, dude, where's the video game? What is happening? Right, exactly. <laughs> like some of the kids are like, okay, this is enough. I'm done. I went out. This is too heady. But anyway, You're like, this is so cool. Look guys, he's talking about theosis. They're like seven going. <laughs> he loves you, by the way. He, I think he needs to spend some time with you. He needs to come and hang Paniotis? out. He's yeah, my yeah. boy now. I think he's doing it. He's actually doing really well, but yeah, thank he's God. The man. Yeah, he's the man. So anyway, um, I they love Orthodox, like Romanity. 
Like that is my bro, especially Gregory. He just loves. He's on Athos right now. He just just got off Athos yesterday. Oh, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's in Greece doing finishing up his theological studies there. He was just there for the vigil of Saint George on uh, uh, Athos, and so so they love that, and so they don't love you know this twenty first century America. That they're here because of the church. They're here because of the monasteries. They're here because of the church work here, and that's exactly how we are. Like President and I are not here because we're in love with most of the American culture, but we're in love with Americans. We love the American spirit. We love the American desire and, and the missionary setting that has drawn us to America. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the kind of base course, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, materialistic American reality is not, it's like, we don't even, we, that's far away. Even, even in America, we're like, well, where is that? We don't really have any con- contact with that. We try to, we're very Why close don't to you- why don't you share with us though something you you left out? Uh-oh. You came here because you love Chili's, the restaurant. That's why you're here. <laughs> well, okay, Olive Garden, but not on Chili's. With Chili's is okay. I, I, I do love Olive Garden. Deep Olive down, Garden. you're like, honey, I just can't do it. I can't move back because Olive. there's aspects like Amazon was definitely got rich off us the last couple of years. I mean, there's aspects of America that we do enjoy do you when you go to walmart are you like i want to stay longer i have an alarm (laughs) that goes off i'm not kidding we have a debate actually we have a debate i I say let's shop in safeway and let's not go to walmart but then usually the walmart wins out because that's also got the kids section or whatever right oh man but don't go ever bring your kid in there what are you doing it's a it's if you bring your kid in there I got to get out of wall. I can't stay. Alarm goes off. My head starts. I can't remember what I'm supposed to buy. I guess I, I once I ran out of what ran, I dropped the stuff and just ran. I felt like something about? was going to explode. Walmart is America, man. You're not, you're un-American if you run out of Walmart. I'm openly not endorsing Walmart, even if they were to sponsor my podcast. Well, maybe we could talk then, but <laughs> Is it true that you failed Spanish class in high school? Just say it. We'll move on from it. Class. I think you got that wrong. I think it was English, actually. I remember the English professor was threatening to fail me. But there was one I, professor that you literally told me, I'm not doing that work as a, yes, as a principal. That was in English. I didn't like the teacher at the time. I, I was very connected to teachers. If teachers were cool and you know lovable, I was doing well in the class. I remember literally in high school hearing about you while I was in college that you would get A's and F's and nothing in between. I'd be like, that's just weird. Yeah. Fact? That's true. That's I, D's, maybe. I, maybe I did get an F. I don't remember. Yeah, I probably failed a couple. I don't remember. Maybe I, I shut that out because I don't want to think that I actually got an F. But... <gasps> It's true. You should be yeah. proud of a couple of F's. Some of the school, some of the classes you're taking, you should get an F. I think that's probably the point of it, but I don't tell my kids that. <laughs> well, I did not like, I did not like certain teachers because they were, they, I love, there were some teachers I loved, like this one teacher. Were you conservative kid in, in, in high school? Like, was that, a, did you even know yourself that way? I don't remember you no. thinking like that. No, 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 I did not. I've never been like, super attached to either a conservative or liberal label. Never. You weren't like, like a young either. Republican with a red tie. No, 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 never. No, <laughs> that no, I just was interested in truth and issues. And if they, if it, I didn't care if it was a public, a Republican or Democrat, I could care less. The best was, is you would have like really good friends. And then I remember when you just like, wouldn't have them anymore. You're like, yeah, I'm done with that kid. Cause he yeah. didn't say he, he, he's not being truthful. The end. 
cancel. <laughs> Here's a question. You if probably you remember had- more than I do. I th- my memory of those days was very sparse. I I, I don't know why, but I just I don't. remember you tried to play basketball with me and you thought you were better. That was a fail blog. I was better than you. If if we were the same age, I would have beat you every time, man. That's that is an untrue statement. And you <laughs> said you like truth. You it's be- only because you were five years older than me. No, I was highly yeah. coordinated and very athletic. <laughs> I loved basketball. I played endless hours as a you did. as a stupid California boy who had nothing better to do. You did. Here's a question. True. We're getting toward the end because my producers. Like I got a lot yeah. of them. My producers have seven other jobs. Like they're not really producers. They're awesome. Daniel and Andrew. They said, I can't go so long, but they yeah, said with yeah. interviews, I can go long. Why so don't you do a, a long one and then cut it up into pieces? That's what that's maybe we'll do. P- Father Peter part one, Father Peter part two. And part two is three. just dumb questions like this one. You ready? You got one meal. You got to eat it for, I don't know, three straight weeks. It's the meal that you just got to deal with this meal. This is your meal. It's the only meal. And it's not the Eucharist. I know you're going to say the Eucharist. I get that. Don't say the Eucharist. This is like a regular homie question. What's mm-hmm. the meal? What meal are you going Man, to eat? You're, going to, you're not going to like the answer. It's really boring. What is it? What's your meal? What's your favorite meal? It's actually going to be like a coffee and an energy bar. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> what kind of human are you? Oh, Lord. And then the married? next thing would be the next thing would be a soup that I can make in forty seconds or something like that would be the next. So thing. food is li- you're just moving on. That's basically what's happening. I basically eat to have energy. You know, your mother was a gourmet cook. I know it's weird. I she's I love. I mean, when I eat good food, I'll say this. Oh, oh, salmon. I love salmon. That's true. Salmon. I do love salmon. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're laughing at my. I mind. guess someone who doesn't eat meat in the tradition probably must like sal- salmon salmon i love fish yeah i do love fish and oh and i love i always love shrimp a uh, shrimp even before you know as a kid i loved shrimp so i guess maybe shrimp would be the thing or or, or salmon or you know, salad and shrimp something like that yeah it's i want something but you don't like, eat meat right you don't eat flesh the flesh meats eh. yeah Said. Oh, sorry. Should I? I th- yeah. Who knew that was hallowed <laughs> ground? I didn't know I shouldn't go there. Yeah, we probably want to take that out. All right, Pro- cut that. Producers need, to, producers need to take that out. Well, I'm not cutting. I eat pork, and if I can eat pork, I'll eat a lot of it. All right, here's a question, a real one. How does America oh, wait, I, become I, more orthodox? Yeah. What do you care ahead. about that question? Which question? How does America become orthodox or more orthodox? Is that even a thing? Do you even? Is that even is that just a dumb question, or do you think about that? Well, it depends what you mean by America. I mean, America as a like entity is not going to become Orthodox in my my estimation. Things it's going to have to cease to be. It's going to have to cease to be before it can become become Orthodox. But Americans absolutely can, and 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 many will become Orthodox. And I think that the trend is that you're going to see implosion in many places. And it's already happening. I mean, Episcopalians have imploded. And a lot of other people are just like, they're like, it's the ship has been, it's shipwreck and they're on pieces of wood and they're looking for, you know, some kind of salvation at this point. And, and, do you mean and that I think if orthodoxy doesn't follow that trend among certain leadership that's so interested in identifying with heterodoxy, then it's just, it's almost like we don't have to do anything. We just need to be orthodox. Just stay the course. And there's going to be, 
tons of Americans becoming Orthodox. But America is antithetical to Orthodoxy. It's never been a Christian country. It, mm-hmm. it was founded on anti-Christian ideals of the Enlightenment. And it's delusional for people to think that America is ever a Christian country as an entity, as a philosophy, as an ideology. Now, mm-hmm. there are many, many, many good Christian people, you know, small c, seeking Christ in America. And that's a wonderful thing. And the church needs to reach out to those people. Mm. So it, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> it, every, people climb into the ark. We don't have to do anything. It's, just it, it, It's just, it, this is all, the problem has always been internal. The church is always, you know, warring against internal betrayal again and again and again throughout church history. It's not an external problem. It's not what they're doing outside. That's not our problem. It's never been our problem. It's like mm-hmm. persecution makes us grow. The seed, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Anything that happens against the church outside is ultimately not our problem. It's just, it's God allowing it for whatever reason he, you know, for the good of the church, ultimately. The problem is the betrayal of those who are in the church of the church. That has been the problem again and again and again from Judas through the Arians, through the iconoclasts, through the false unions with Rome, through the, you know, Sergianism and ecumenism, all these isms that have, that are, that are undermining the identity of the church, right? That's, that's always the problem. That's the problem today. So if we just can keep that at bay or, or defeat it as then the church will shine because the church is the saints, the saints of the church, par excellence, the church is found in the saints. And that's why I constantly talk about reading the lives of the saints, because that's going to make us better Orthodox, and it's going to draw people to Orthodoxy, because who's not going to want to follow the lives of the saints and be and be like them? Like, it's going to be a rare person who says, I'm not interested. That doesn't make you a rigorist because you follow the saints? Is your phone going off a lot? Or is that? Yeah, unfortunately, I got, I got, I, I thought I turned everything off, but. It's still going on. I feel like you. I feel like you don't know how to turn everything off. <laughs> Do you guys watching this? You're like, if he tried to turn that's, everything that's, off, that's, that's, not, that's true, and that's why we don't talk about that. So, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> anyway, also, I feel um, like you. I feel like you have like six keyboard people that help you, and someone so who I, like directs I have three you. devices in front of me right now. That, that's that's a fortunate reality. Your brain is weird. I'm getting tired. I have tinnitus in a big way. In the Do last you really? Year and a half. You know what that is yeah your ear rings oh yeah it's right now it's ringing like it's like there's an alarm going like, off in the background right now when we're talking yeah and all morning and de- during the divine service this morning i was trying to pray and i got this tonight i don't, I don't know what to do about it because they don't say it's a cure there's no cure for it do you know that they uh, say that one of the symptoms of the shot is tinnitus no i never heard that I, that's because i up. just made it up he just made it up. That's true. <laughs> what were we talking about? We got off topic. Uh, ah, you were talking about uh, America and orthodoxy. I find this interesting. I wonder, here's a historian. I'm a historian of sorts. I studied it. And th- we tend to be taught as modern historians to think of things as linear with bends up or down. And I find mm-hmm. that orthodox historiography can't be really done this way. But if I were to throw this question to you anyway... Do you think 2023 is more like Antichrist than two th- than 1023? Do, do you think you can think of history that way, or is that an incorrect way to th- to see it? Um, more Antichrist. 
that's a good question. I think that what we're going to see is that, <clears throat> I mean, there's a big question. You can't really answer it in a, with a 20-second soundbite. Sure. But on the one hand, the, the, the Apostle John says, that the spirit of Antichrist, and there are already Antichrists in the time of the apostles. So the presence of the anti the spirit of Antichrist is 2,000 years. It's 2,000 years. It's nothing new. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the it's the rejection of the theanthropic nature of Jesus Christ and his body, the church. But we know also that although it ebbs and flows, and there's 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 a cyclical nature of history and it's a linear but cyclical so you you're, you're repeating times of of persecution and and rise of antichrist and of course the, the devil's trying to always introduce an it's antichrist. like a spiral right it, it yeah. feels like it's a return but it's not quite a return it's still it's still on a path <clears throat> toward an end but it it has series of near repetitions yes. right so i would say the time of the thir- 20s in russia or in the Soviet period was a kind of time of antichrist. And then many of the saints thought that this was the end. I mean, this is the antichrist is present because it was so strongly, you know, that spirit of uh, anti uh, of antichrist of going against the, the church and the, and the, and the Lord. So, but obviously it's cyclical and there will be an end though. So we are going to the end of history. And, and so it will, it will grow. Uh, it will grow at the end. There will be more and more of it, but it, it will, it, it's, According to the saints that and the contemporary elders that I that I you know read and talk to, this is not we're not in the imminent rise of Antichrist. We're still in a period of ebb and flow, but it will continue to rise. But there will also be a, a rise of the church again. There will be a mission of the church again. And so I would say yes and no. I mean, it depends. Yes, I think 2024, 25, I think 25, there's a lot of people who are speculating there's going to be more movement if not an attempt at a union with rome there's more movement toward that and there's more activity it's kind of going to be growing and growing and growing so there's there's signs of that already and so that is a kind of apostasy from orthodoxy Mm -hmm. and so it lends itself to the spirit of the world and the spirit of antichrist but and you see with the rise of transhumanism you see with the rise of globalism these are all trends that point to fulfillment of the prophecies about the antichrist now nobody knows how long that is though no no the lord said clearly we don't know the time and the reason why we don't know the time according to some church fathers is because when people repent the time gets pushed back so in a way it's in the hands of the christians and those who are seeking christ how much we're repenting and coming back to christ and and returning it's in our hands whether we usher in the time of antichrist the final time of antichrist or whether we push it back you know, I hadn't heard that. The more rights to the enemy, the more freedom he has to work in the world, and the more uh, the like critical mass that he looks for in order to fulfill uh, a kind of global rule, which is what's prophesied about the Antichrist. So it's 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 a myst it's a mystical you know in time mm-hmm. the time is mysterious and no one can really pin it down. But there are many signs. There are Do many you signs. think you're in? All right, don't get mad at me. Do you think you're an agent of fear when it comes to this? Do you think you rile people up to think it's it's next week Tuesday? Next week Tuesday's the end. 
if if the apostle john was an agent of fear when he wrote in his epistle that two thousand years ago there are many antichrists even now then i guess i'm also an agent of fear i'm not saying anything different than what the saints have said and i would say that the the more often the people who don't want to talk about it are people who can't deal with it or they don't want to deal with it or they have this idea that we don't deal with it in the orthodox church which is nonsense we do deal with it there's nothing we don't deal with in the orthodox church we're not afraid of anything the church fathers talk about everything saint cyril talks about it in his in his catechism to non-orthodox he talks about well, the antichrist it's one reason so, i became orthodox is because I, again no offense we've talked about our, our loving parents but they they dropped a few balls there there are a few things we, we don't talk about that i was like what about like what's happening to me and women for example how come we haven't talked about that at all but then i met my spiritual father he's like sit down i'll tell you about it and then it was like oh this was helpful yes i, I love that about it. i mean it's all on the table it's not there's not a puritan strain in there i really love no. that. no right why why not i mean what what is this we have one life <laughs> it's going fast there's a cool thing that we've nailed down happening down in Florida. We're going to do a culinary event called the art of the Tamada, where we're teaching the, the traditions of the Georgian table, the one that you went to when you thought there wouldn't yeah. be wine. They're like, wait a minute, this guy again. Um, there's a whole art to that. And we saved the date and yeah, but not you, gotta have, you gotta have a priest. If it's going to be real, you gotta have a priest or a bishop there. Posting. <sighs> Does it have to be you though? I'm working on I'm working on a couple I wouldn't of Florida do priests. I wouldn't do well. You don't want me. You want a George. Yeah, you want geez, a real the real thing. You're like, hey, good toast to all those things. And also, all of you need to sit down. I've got a few things I want to say. <laughs> and we're like, Father, is that a toast? No, I don't do that. I'm just gonna talk for the next hour. <laughs> Your food's gonna get cold. And if you look down, I'm gonna say, Hey, I'm not done. Okay. I know you. I love you. No, but do you remember, I wanted, do you remember after dad's funeral? Remember that? We I'll a, never forget. I'm trying to do the table and you're like paying zero attention. You're like, come on, Father Peter. It's your time to tell us. I'm like, no. You literally <laughs> said, I don't do that. Okay. Quote, <laughs> I don't do that. It's like, like, it's like, man, the party's over with this guy. What's oh, this you guy? were like the ultimate party killer. I was like, <laughs> This is how we're going to celebrate Papu's repose with toasting and to you, the, to you, the you, know, to, you were right. I was wrong. I, I accepted. Do you remember there was another priest there? You just turned to him like you draped your cassock or whatever priests do. They put it over, crossed your legs and went, turned your back to me. I was the Tamada. And you just were having <laughs> conversations. And I was like, this guy's unbelievable. You know, de people deal with, uh, with these things differently. You know, we can't all fit into the same. I like your contrition mold you are saying sorry did i hear you say that Go yes ahead. i am but i'm also justifying <laughs> myself for you <laughs> all right save the date november 16 17 18 19. we're having a weekend uh where we teach the art of tamada we bring our chef down from our restaurant in greenville and we look at the spiritual meaning of and uh, of hospitality as medicine it's more of an incarnational thing and we're trying to make meat out of the idea of of relationship we're just trying to make a relationship but of course when you sit at the georgian table you toast and what are you toasting to you're not just toasting to like oh my pair of jeans fit snugly goggy marjos cheers you're toasting to the eternal ideas and so the night 
Each night we're there, we're doing one of these Georgian feasts with the Georgian food. During the day, we're doing some boating, some sunning or whatever you want to do, fishing. And toward the afternoon, we'll have a couple talks. So you got you got Nicholas Kotar, you got Jonathan Pajot and Paul. Paul Kingsnorth and Neil, Neil, uh, Neil DeGrade, who's going to come down with his guitars and sit at the table. The tradition in Georgia is the, perf- the performers sit with you. You don't really have a stage. They sit at the table and then grab their guitar and they sing the toast. So I wanted to put that out there for folks because I'm really excited about it. it. Again, it'll be it'll be buttoned down and maybe you'll show up. Yeah, I'll just show up. But then I'm not I'm not going to probably be able to afford the. Uh... <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> OK, then. Well, I'll, uh, enjoy Arizona in November. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't hear any dollar amount. You're gonna tell, you're I don't tell have the one yet. Don't now you're putting me on the spot. I told you before we started, I would not put you <laughs> on right, the spot. All right, all so, right. Well, yeah, you probably shouldn't have announced it if you didn't have it all. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's half the fun. It's an end. I always do that. I always announce things before I'm supposed to announce them because I'm excited about them. Impatient. Yeah. Well, I got the I got the confirmation from these guys. I hope that they're okay with me saying it. Um, maybe I think no. it's great. What What are the dates again? Tell you the dates. November 17, 18, 19. Uh, old calendar before the fast. Old calendar before the fast. New calendar of the fast has started. We'll have non-fasting food. But it's not, I want to put this out because this is the first time I've ever talked about it. This isn't just for Orthodox people. It's not like that. I don't I don't roll that way. So just to be aware. Yeah. The themes are about what is hospitality? What is medicine? Like, how does it work? How do we heal? So that's, there's a lot of space in there. But- these guys are orthodox in nature, so that's how it's going to go. And, and, and you're going to are you going to provide the comic relief? I'm doing stand up at six, eight, and eleven <laughs> each night, <laughs> same set over and over again. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but seriously though, it's going to be also like enjoyable. It's not going to be like somber, like no, no know, man, no man. Because you, the way you said it's like we're going to be toasting these really deep issues. And, no, no. You know, well, so I just want to make sure people understand it's going to be a joyful, like you know, wonderful, relaxing. Event. So a tradition, a traditional toast is a toast to humor, and you actually you tell stories about your life that are ridiculous, or you tell jokes. Another toast is to eros and the idea of finding your, your love. So no, oh no, it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh. It's Georgian, man. You were there. Those cats, they do the heavy things, but man, it's lightly, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We had toast at the at the table with the patriarch. I know they're actually giving toasts, right? Oh yeah, that was and and it was like ten toasts. All the bishops basically did the toast. Man, most yep. of them. There was like six bishops there along with the patriarch. So, so there's a just so you know, we're going to teach the mechanisms. So there's all these little rules. And once you learn them, they create vulnerability in the conversation because the idea is to add to the to the theme. So if I were to toast you on, let's say, joy, then you would toast back and add to the idea of joy, maybe in your life or the life of your kids. And or the toast to children would ask you to. My job is to make a big, giant, beautiful, roiling portrait, po- poetic toast. And then the table's job is to add to the idea or the theme. This comes out of Socrates and the concept of the symposium in Greece. It, it starts there, and uh, then the are the Georgians that deliberate? 
like you are very deliberate. It's very ritual, almost a ritual. Are the Georgians that deliberate or is it mostly pretty just laid back, you know? Two things. There are, there are professorial academic papers written about this in Georgia. They're deliberate. They know. No, it's in the blood. It's people know what to do. Like, for instance, if you stood up, I did a toast to family and you wanted to toast, I don't know, to recently you're, I don't know, you got a new job. Fine. That's fine. The Georgians would be like, well, he should have done that one later. There's a toast coming to, you know. Right. But right. nobody cares. It's not like you broke a rule. Right. Yeah. But they happen a lot. Also, I've seen four young men who've just played soccer sit down with a bottle and then they start, they elect a tamada. They elect a leader to do the toast. It's like four 20-year-olds. And then they toast each other. It's really cool. Really cool. Oh, so I think right. it's, a, it's an aspect. It's an aspect of uh, not just Georgian but Mediterranean life. Hundred percent. Not that formal. Sounds pretty formal, but certainly the table is the center where everything is, you know, poured out. Well, it's it's an image and icon of the great feast. Yeah, of heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the Lord chose that precisely because it was already the center of this of society. Right. Think about that. It. Think about that. We talk about that. We get blown away by that idea. Like we're actually just doing the, the thing we're always supposed to be doing. But you have to do it soberly. I know that sounds odd, but you do it. What it means is you your toast is intentional. It's not just coming up out of your bowels. By the way, bowels play an important role in your life. They move things, eros. But it's just not all eros. It's it's the connection of the eternal with the with the with the you know the eternally moving. So you want to connect the two in the heart. You don't want to leave. You don't want too much head. That's the heavy stuff. And you can't have too much bowels. You can't have too much eros because that that also gets out of control. So there's like chaos and order. But that whole that whole opposition is not real. That whole opposition is not real because if you combine it in the heart, yeah, that's the whole point. Is that only the rationalist ends up opposing his mind to his heart or right. his emotion? I mean, so right. right. A real person is going to be holistic and he's going to be offering everything in in a heartfelt way. He's going to be thinking and living in a heartfelt way, right? That should be yeah. the way we live. And when the table is proper, that's what happens. That's what happens. We just did a huge one on Saturday. There were 52 people in the restaurant all at one table. It was nuts. <laughs> Ask people about it. And they didn't you know find, each other. Do you see people, they're, you know, getting closer to like coming to the restaurant, looking for real, real life because they, they're certain they're searching or is it just like, oh, that's a great place to go. And, both. and you know, you see both. All right. I'll tell you the story. I won't put names. There was a couple at the table that had driven about five hours down from North Carolina. We're in South Carolina. He had listened to the podcast. He is ortho curious. She's totally secular, had no idea about what it, but he's starting to say, I want to do something. So what did they do that weekend? They drove down and hung out at our restaurant, got a hotel and came in and and wanted to be a part of it and find out more about his search. And she was like, this was fun. Like come to our house and do one up in North Carolina. So those are, hmm. you know, real quote seekers, but we don't approach the table. We have tamadas that aren't Orthodox at the restaurant. And we don't approach the table no, as, no, mission, as not, missionaries. I, I, That's super. No, it, yeah. that would ruin it. Of course. I don't understand. I'm just curious if out of this, people are going deeper and search for meaning. 
Oh, it's happening. This is why you have 450,000 people following you. No offense. It's not, you're not doing it. It's being done for people like you. It's already happening. It, yeah. It's just the question of where you're going to yeah. plug into the, to the fungus chain, to the mushroom chain. It's already underneath us. It's, it's, it's happening. And I think the restaurant just says, well, let's let's try to do Georgia or orthodox hospitality a proper way. And people respond. It's crazy what's happening right now. Do you do you, do people connect it to orthodoxy at all? Or is it just well, kind of we put- sang that we sang Angel Cried. <laughs> oh, nice. And people are like, that was pretty. And then some know what it is, some don't know what it is, but it's Georgian music. I'm not lying when I say that. Yeah. So. Well, certainly, I would think that in Georgia, just like in Greece, all kinds of hymnographies in seeped into the culture, and people chant for sure hymns from church. Check this out, Father Peter, Father Brother Peter, <clears throat> Gagi Marjos. That's the that's cheers. Gagi Marjos means to you the victory. The implication, the context in Georgia is to you the victory over death. Mm. So you're. You're greeting each other with essentially resurrection, mm. which is it, it totally makes sense. I mean, if yeah, it's like of course, like yeah. could well, you know this because that's how Greece is, or Greece was, or Greece might be. Well, there's right. a Greece within Greece. There's, right. there, there always will be. I mean, maybe percentage wise, it's declined because of the Europeanization of Greece, but it's ne- it'll never be lost. Right. That's how the Georgians feel. Georgia's got the same issue. There's like of half old school, half new school. It's happening everywhere. It, and in the, in the church, the same thing. You've got hierarchs and theologians who really want to, they're just dying to go to the West and be Western. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's others who are saying, over oh, my dead body. Yeah. So yeah. I think the it, way it is. But I think we've both been blessed in our lives to, I don't know, see these things. So I like that I think we share. Go to FTFOE, a common event somewhere. Like well, that, we got to think about something in the future where we're. I would love to do that. That would mean fewer and fewer priests would talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm 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 John, and they're like, oh, John, what's your last name? I'm John. John, you might know me as John in the future. I'm John. They're like, no, but what's your last name? So I'm John. My middle name is Stuart. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to know about me? I'm John Stewart. <laughs> They're like, wait, you look like a guy I know. <laughs> you sound, I get this a lot. You sound like, are you Father Peter's brother? I'm like, my name is John. Um, I'll be over here eating some food at your trapeza. <laughs> it is wacky, man. It's super wacky when I travel. You mean, you mean, you, you, mean I, you mean I'm not your... You're like, you know, key that opens the door to like endless priests, uh, uh, you know. So it's, it's a super 50-50. What happens is the priests are usually like, oh, John hears. And then their eyes like do this weird thing. They're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then and then they're like, please come in and eat. And then I'll sit down. And then there's, like I said, here come the ortho bros. And then it's awesome. So it's usually that both things happen at, at the same time, but nobody is mean. And usually people are very thankful for your work. Usually. Yeah. 
I mean that with my whole heart. Well, I, I, I think you're, you have to be the bridge. I would, I want to talk to these priests. Like, let's talk. Let's sit down. I'm not your enemy. Why are you guys? Why do you hate me? I love. By you the guys. way, I give them your number. Sorry, but I actually give people. Your, I say I can't yeah, answer give this question. Them. Here, take his number. Yeah, I just, I just, I won't mention a name, but some a priest who I used to, I actually spoke at his church about. You were there actually about ten years ago, eight years ago. Hmm. He said privately to somebody a couple of days ago, oh, I can't I can't even be associated with him because, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I said to the, the lady, I said, just tell him, let's talk. Uh, you know, and that's been my response always. Let's do Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, up to this day, it's not very, it's not accepted. I don't know. It's unfortunate, but I hope well, it does. Hope I'll it say changes. this to you as, as your mean older brother. You know, your phone goes that way too. Call him up. Yeah, yeah, you're Call right. I should <clears throat> Call him up. I love you. I thank you for doing this. It's a big deal. It's, it's good. a big deal. I think we, we need it. We need to have this because we need to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and not as whatever ideologically opposed or whatever people think. It's not I mean, I mean, and I'll keep doing it. And you keep doing it. I know you do it. I, I hear a lot of things about you that I. What happens is I know that's not true because it's not like you. <laughs> like, I'm like, nah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, I maybe that got interpreted that way, but that, that, that's, it's not like that. And I hope you hear, when you hear that I'm like a devil heretic who like does yoga, please stop those people. <laughs> well, wait a minute. You're, I, I thought you, weren't you a Satanist? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Remember when some cats, they were like, your brother's a Satanist. I'm like, no, I just had Uncle Seth on. Uncle Seth might be a Satanist, but I'm not a Satanist. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> the kind of stuff you hear online is amazing. It's amazing. I don't know by what way, to say. By the way, um, have you met my buddy, Seth, who comes on the show and just spouts? I want to make a pitch out for all of you who are listening. This is a long podcast. We got to hang up now. Uh, go look at some Uncle Seth uh, episodes. You'll like him. He's my dearest, dearest friend, secular guy who takes on orthodox ideas that I spout, uh, that I give to him. And he just says, wow, they're ridiculous. And it's very interesting. So, And then you say what? I say, I, I, I yell back at him, but we never yell. We always end. We love each other. And I think people really like to watch that. They like to watch people who can love and also disagree. And I know you, that's who you are. So. Well, and you'll find, and you'll find in the history of the church and the lives of the saints, you'll find examples of people who, you know, took them like forty years to like come around to the idea of Christ. I mean, so if, so you know, we don't. Yeah, I'm not in charge of job to like, Yeah, it's well, our job to to present to be Christians. I mean, we're not. God's not expecting us to. I just like, I, we need to be open and just talk and share. And it's not, we don't have to like predetermine things. It's like, you know what I mean? I love it. It's a good note to end on. You, and you know, you, and you know that I'm, people always want to pigeonhole me as a rigorist or a, a you think, or, or a, uh, what are the other ones? Like I'm some, I, I identify with like the far right. And, you know, I have know friends that. who've told me you're in GOC right now. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think that happened. Yeah, how does that happen when I've got like four videos that talk about the dangers of the ecclesiology of the GOC and how I think it's 
not patristic. Why would I teach a lesson to high schoolers on Ben Franklin and then they were done and they thought they were hearing a lesson about like, I don't know, like Thomas Jefferson. Why do they get it totally wrong? I don't, they're not paying attention. Not paying attention, yeah. You know what I mean? John, it was good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, love you. There it was, www.first-things.org. That's where you can go find out a ton of stuff about this podcast, this work we do, and also about the Lightometer test. Check us out. And most of all, jam to that music as it leaves us. That's brand new music from Greg Gilbertson and his crew who wrote that especially for our show. Watar, see you soon with another interview edition and or a continuation of our talks in our new studio with our new music and my new hat, the Milwaukee Brewers, that I put on to honor my mother for this show, who was raised in Watertown, Wisconsin, where I knew my brother as a crazy person. That's the end of this show. See you soon. Gagi Marjos.